Coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, by way of Stone Mountain, Georgia, birthed by the great state of South Carolina, is the Bryant Land Country Podcast, your place for any and everything in hunting, fishing, sports, and outdoor related, with heavy doses of randomness, guests, and an all-around good time. Here's your host, proud Gamecock, South Carolina forever, AB3. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to download, take a listen at the uh, great podcast. Magnanimous was the word that I wanted to use. Podcast audio that we are producing for you. I hope that everyone had a great Thanksgiving got their fill of turkey, dressing, stuffing, whatever the case is. Maybe you got out, got to do some hunting over the weekend, got to do some hunting around Thanksgiving, you know, day before. Maybe even went hunting Thanksgiving Day. Either way, hope everyone enjoyed it, had a great time. I'm not going to tarry in this introduction. Very simply put, I had a conversation with my good friend Antonio Marsh. We talk often, not often do we talk on a recorder, but this time we did. He has recently killed a deer. Yes, he has killed one before me, and I'm not going, I'm not upset about that. Congratulations to him. I mean, this guy's laying it down, he's getting it done out there. Um, I hope to follow in his successes here really soon. So we got a chance to talk day before Thanksgiving. Great conversation, and we're going to let y'all in on it here. So I'm going to hit the old record button. You guys take a listen. I'm going to fall back. Take a listen to my conversation with Antonio Marsh here on the Bryant Land Country Podcast. Bryant Land. Man, I'm sitting trying to enjoy a peaceful morning hunt with my child. I don't get to take him out as much because he's big in the band, school, and all those other pertinent things that, you know, you have with everyday life. So I'm sitting in the stand, and my phone goes off, and it's FaceTime. And I'm like, well, who the hell is trying to FaceTime me at 830 in the morning? So I pick it up, I look. Of course, it's Antonio Marsh, and I'm like, well, what the hell does he want at 830? Why is he FaceTiming me? Like, this dude, what the hell? So, you know, I hit the decline button, quickly text back. I was like, hey, you know, I'm out in the field. Where I don't call him back. Then I get a picture. By, no sooner than I hit send, I get a picture back of this deer with the size of a bullet hole in it. And I'm sitting there, and I was like, I said, that's you? He's like, yeah. I said, that, I said, Bo? I know. I think my first question was, Bo? He's like, yeah. Because, you know, I don't knock gun hunters, but anytime you take a deer with a bow, I'm automatically geeked up. So I sent him back, and he was like, yep. And I was like, some bitch. Now, a couple minutes later, we are sitting there, and we get a little doe that comes in. And she kind of checking it out. And a bigger doe is behind her. So I'm in the climber. Adam's in the blind. And, excuse me, and I'm sitting there and waiting to see what this doe going to do. She comes in and she kind of looks around. It's like, all right. And then she kind of stops. And then she backs out. And when she backs out, she goes back to the big doe. They huddle up. They kind of look at each other, do whatever deer do. And about... 30 seconds later, they take another couple steps back. They start blowing, and then they take off. So needless to say, me and my son, we had a good time. We still, you know, enjoyed the day. But you, sir, have another buck under your belt with a big-ass hole in it. Antonio Marsh, ladies and gentlemen. I tell you, man, I said last <laughs> night, and eventually I'm going to take a breath and let you talk. But <laughs> I said last night, if I was actually getting paid for this podcast, I would have to give you, like, commission because this is your third appearance. But I keep bringing you back because we have such a good time talking. How are you, sir? I'm going to shut up and let you talk. <laughs> man, I'm good after yesterday. I have no complaints. <laughs> 
Because I'm telling you, that, that monkey was kind of on my back again, man. <laughs> man, the size of the hole in that thing. thirty, And you said, what, 31 yards? 31, man. I went out and um, I stepped it because one thing I found out, each one of my steps is a yard. I found out that the range, uh, when I started going on Fort Jackson, before okay. I bought that range finder. So, yeah, I went out and I stepped it. You know, I usually account for about two, three steps from from shooting inside the blind. I'm thinking another three steps. Then from there, I went out to where the actual blood was. Yep. And it was actually 31 steps, man. I actually went past the marker I put out for my wife a couple of weeks ago, which I put that out at 25 yards. And it was well beyond that. And I didn't realize how far that deer was when I took that shot. So I actually think I might have used the wrong pin on that deer. But, hey, it worked out. So basically what you're telling me is you took the deer that was meant for your wife. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. I'm telling you. How did that play when you came you know, home? <laughs> when I sent her the message, I mean, she she was cool because I asked her, I said, look, do you want to go? And I'm going to tell you straight up. She she put in work this season. She really did. Yeah. She got out there. I mean, it was the mornings we got out there. It was 27 degrees when we got out the truck, man. And she got out there and she did what she was supposed to do. It was, it was just the three bucks she had come in. They just won't cooperate, man. Any hunter will tell you the bucks going to do what they want to do. Right. And I'm going to tell you that, that that was probably the first thing I learned about the rut. And I always heard rut, 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 the bucks chase, doe, whatever. Right. The, the three she had come in, every last one, head down, sniffing. I literally, you know, I tried bleak call, grunt. They didn't care. Yeah. They didn't care all that corn sitting there. They were on a move. And that first deer, she might have taken a shot. But the problem is I was unprepared. And it was funny. I had just told her that the next time we go out, want to put some markers up so you know what's 20 yards, what's 30 yards or whatever. 30 is about her comfort zone. Right. 20 is really her comfort zone. Okay. And, of course, that morning, that deer came out, and she didn't know. And I was, like, kicking myself in the butt. Another mistake. Hey, put in your notes. Get it corrected. But, of course, it would have been a moving shot, too. And she was like, I really wouldn't have taken it. Right. You right. Know, even, yeah. even this, yeah, even the, uh, the second deer, man, when that one came out. He no, the doe came on first, probably not a minute later. He's behind her, no shot. The one last weekend, he came to her left. He walked out, just kept walking, kept walking, kept walking. And I said, you know what? I truly understand what the rut means after those three yeah. incidents, man. And then too, I mean, it's a good safe play. I mean, no matter how good you are, how confident you are with your weapon of choice, whether it's a bow. Or a gun. I mean, moving shot, it, it's better to err on the side of caution. Because the last thing you want to do is wound a deer or make a marginal shot. And then you're out there, you're trying to find it. Then you got to call in a dog and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. Like, so, I mean, that definitely was better, you know, to err on the uh, on the side of caution. So, Yeah. But you know what's crazy, man? I have seen, and this is... This is no lie. Since the 19th of November, yeah, I've probably seen more buck activity out there than I have the whole month of October. Wow. Yeah. And when I got up yesterday morning, um, I flipped my camera back on, was checking to see what was going on. That night, probably about 11-something, there was a buck came through, and I might have sent you that image. Yeah. The rack, the rack on that guy, I was like, Whoa! Yeah, monsters, so especially for a, yes for a South Carolina deer. Hell, deer anywhere to me, but um, that deer was it was a nice sized deer. That's that's been my issue all year, all through October, all through November. Is I'll get a picture of a nice buck or get a picture of a decent buck, but it's either two, three in the morning or right before sunlight. Nothing really. You know, at sundown or whatever, but right before sunlight, if, you know, sunrise is 7 o'clock or whatever it is about now, I'll get a picture mm -hmm. like at 5.30 or like 6.15 or whatever. It, it's crazy how those animals just kind of move and know. It's like, okay, I still got a little bit of darkness. I'm going to move, do what I got to do, and then, you know, be back to wherever they need to be. 
before sunup or you know vice versa it, it's been really been really weird how that's gone this year mm-hmm. I, I tell you man this i heard a lot of hunters say you had that one hunt where you're going to learn and i think yesterday not think i know yesterday that was that hunt for me yeah because i hadn't hunted you know so i was sitting with you know my wife trying to get her one then i didn't hunt because we had a young man come back from north carolina you yep. know i stayed out of my areas my hat light actually went out my battery was bad and i usually have a little soft white light when i come in yeah so it forced me to use my my other light and i used a red light walking in yeah it was dark but it was like you know what maybe i better start using this red light because i'm not lighting up the whole area right i swear so, by the red light love love the red light takes a little bit to get your eyes adjusted to it but once your eyes are adjusted to it oh man it, it yeah. it's golden yeah, never again. From here on out, every time I come in, it'll be red light. Yeah. Because by the time I walked in, I got in the blind, got myself situated, got everything good. I was sitting there five minutes, and I could just hear movement around the blind. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, did I walk past the deer? Did they not know? Because I walked in real soft. I crept in, and I was like, man, maybe I can walk right in here. Didn't disturb a lot of things. Let them know they're still in their environment. Mm-hmm. Maybe they thought I was another deer or a hog or something walking by. And I was like, man. So, of course, I have to sit in there and I saw that buck pop up. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you another thing that I really learned was a lot of times I'm sitting there and most hunters were scanning, we're scanning, we're scanning, we're looking. Yep. And, of course, you get bored, you drift off. And all of a sudden, I saw the buck move. I wasn't scanning. And I was like, you know, son, maybe your eyes, your natural instinct, when you see something move, you're going to focus right in on it. Right. And that's what happened. I was like, I'm just sitting here. Oh, there's a buck. I wasn't doing all that looking, working my nerves, checking the woods, creating extra movement. So that one thing taught me, says, hey, just sit there and be patient. You got to do all that looking. You're in a good vantage point where you got a good view. Whatever's coming in, you're going to pick it up. Yeah, and and see, that's the thing that I'm been struggling with a little bit using the climber because I'm used to being in the blind and in in a blind, you know, you got your concealment, your four walls or whatever. You can get away mm-hmm. with more movement when you're in any kind of a stand or in a climber or whatever. You're exposed. You're relying more on your camo uh, to make sure you're blended in, and you can't make half of the movements that you make in a blind when you're sitting up in a climber. So it's like, you know, this year, the times that I've been picked off, it's not scent. I'm not worried about scent. I got the scent control down. It's some kind of movement. I mean, the slightest little bit of movement. You raise your hand wrong, you reach wrong, you look wrong. Hell, if you blink too many damn times. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Just that's what's been the the learning experience for me because I tell you, as much as I've enjoyed sitting and hunting in blinds, and that's kind of what I really enjoyed to do, man. Since I've gotten the use of this climber, I'm loving this climber. I'm telling you, you get places where okay. you would normally not get with a blind. You get elevated. Uh, you can see better. Like I can see like how you were talking about, you know, you don't have to do a whole lot of scanning because you can see the movement. I mean, I'm sitting in a climber one day and I'm just sitting there. And the next thing you know, these four deer appear out of nowhere. And I mean, if you are familiar with like Star Trek and like how they would like beam people up and down, mm-hmm. that's how <laughs> the damn deer are. They seem like they just beam down and it's like, I just looked over there. Wait a minute. Where, where did they come from? <laughs> you know, like you don't hear them, but you see that little flicker of movement. And next thing you know, you got deer on top of you and you're sitting there and you're like, well, shit, now I can't move. I can't grab my bow. I can't do anything. I'm kind of stuck. And any kind of movement you try to make, they're like, ah, nah, Joker, we see you. And then they mm-hmm. get out of town. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's yeah. been, like you said, it's always a learning experience. And that that has been fun and has been a good learning curve this year. Yeah, man, because well, when that deer walked in, it literally, like you said, I stopped. So now I'm like, go ahead and grab your bow, stand up, get yourself ready. And if you said something, uh, those, those deer, they hear so much, man. Because when I was standing there, I went to move, and I think my knee popped or something. <laughs> that deer looked up. 
Uh, and I said, did he really just hear that? <laughs> I was like, he did. So I had to freeze, and he was looking right in the blind. Even your joints are betraying you. I'm telling you, I'm just like, there's no way he could have heard that. So he, he went back to eating, mm-hmm. and I watched him. And, you know, and I'm telling you, another thing I learned, he was the first one. He was he was a good size. He, I mean, he good body on him. Yeah. But his antler size told you don't shoot this guy. Okay. But because I hadn't taken anything this year, it crossed my mind. I said, <laughs> hey, go ahead and get this dude, get some meat. Yeah. But I said, don't, don't. It's still early in the morning. Yeah. Wait. You know that big boy was walking around. Maybe he'll show up. But that buck stayed for literally. 30 minutes eating corn. I cannot man. get him to go, man. <laughs> Look at you with Just, the restraint, showing the restraint. Oh, Look at man. you. You know, you know how many times in my head, the little guy on one corner shoulder said, don't do it. <laughs> the guy on the other shoulder was like, do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was like, don't do it, man. But it worked out. I was patient. It worked out. Yep. The other, the other buck comes walking in. And so that's what I learned about a cold buck. Yep. I had heard it before, but it didn't register me on what I was doing yesterday. So I was kind of messaging my club manager, yep. which I shouldn't have been doing. I should have been concentrating on what was going on. And he was like, what kind of rack? And I described it to him. He said, get him out of there. He said, one thing, especially when we're trying to do quality management, yep. he said, cold bucks. The one thing that is really passed down through genetics is the rack. Yep. And so, he said, that guy's got a bad gene. He needs to go. He said, so take him down. Right. So you get you get a bunch of deer out there mating, and they got, you know, funky rags. You know, I got one now that I'm trying to get rid of. It's kind of like a unicorn. He's got like a nice little, you know, five, six point on one side, and he's got like mm-hmm. this one little squiggly kind of little spike-looking thing going on the other side, and I've seen him for the last couple of years and it's just like okay i need to get you out of here because you're messing up you know like you said it's all in the gene so if they keep breeding basically what happens is you end up with more bucks with five or six points on one side and this one little squiggly rack on the other side so you want to you want to try to keep good genes in your deer herd and in order to do that sometimes you gotta do like they say cull and then take out those funky looking deer. So good job for you and you guys down there at your club. Yeah, and he was happy about that. Once I got the picture and sent it to him, he was like, oh, yeah. He said, thank you. He said, I've seen that guy before. And he said, I was hoping somebody would get him out of there. But the thing was, um, now, the first one that came in, I think he was just missing uh, my antler on one side. Yep. Broken so off, two, fighting or something yeah, like that. Yeah, man. So, so I got the two of them in there. You know, eating corn. I'm just looking like, nah. I said, now that second one, once he gave me the green light, I was okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get him. Yeah. So I don't know what happened. Something spooked them, and they took off. And I, I don't know what happened, but they came back. So then I was sitting there looking off to the right, uh, because you and I had that mesh in the blind to kind of help conceal me. Yep. I could see the two of those guys fighting, man. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you got one antler pushing each you other over around. Here, I'm like, together, y'all don't even make a full rack, but you guys over here fighting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, come on, fellas. <laughs> so I guess they did their little sparring match. Two they de- walked back in. Two degenerates you know. pushing each other around. That's funny. Yeah. You know, so they walked back in. I'm sitting looking. I said, okay, I'm ready. I pull my bow up. I go to pull back. I get in draw. The little, little, little dude steps in front. Of the other buck. So now I'm like, I'm just here to shoot and you're going to step right in front of it. So I'm sitting here, I'm holding my draw. So finally he kind of moved a little bit. So right as he moved, the deer he went, he kind of moved a little bit. And he went broadside. Yep. I was like, all right. I put my pen, focus. I let it go. And I'm going to tell you something. That was the first time that I knew that was a great shot. <laughs> The other ones, it was like, oh, did I shoot it? Did I get it? Yeah, right. That one, I was like, oh, that's a hit. Because I was told, you know, watch how they kick, everything. I'm listening, man. I'm I'm really listening and learning to these, these hunters and they're talking to me. The way he kicked and he took off, I was like, oh, yeah, he's done. Oh, yeah. Done you, deal. He, 
the most one of the most beautiful, if I can quote Keith Murray, one of the most beautifulest things <laughs> in the world is when you hit that deer and you see that mule kick when both of those legs go up and it kind of dips a little bit. It's like you said, it's a wrap. You're like, oh, I got it. I got it. I was it. like, yes. I was like, I said, I know it's done. I know it's done. But here's the crazy thing. His buddy that was there with him, he like stood there and watched everything. I'm like, you're not going to run? <laughs> nah. Nah. He went where he was like, oh, some bitch, look at that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah <laughs> man. It, it's amazing how some animals react to other animals getting shot. Like I, I shot a turkey with my shotgun and I, you've heard me tell this story. You know, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I shoot, the, I shoot the, the, the turkey and uh, the gobbler and then the hen just looks around and then she darts off and just keeps going. I shot another turkey with my bow and when he, he flew a little bit then he dropped and the rest of his buddies kind of just stood over and pecked at him a little bit. And then they just <laughs> gobbled and went back up the hill. It's, it, it, it's crazy. And then when you shoot deer, sometimes they take off like all together and they start blowing and huffing and all that shit. And then after you hit them, it's like, well, you can blow all you want. Everything it's over with now. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it's done. And then sometimes like in your situation, you shoot him and he's just kind of looking around like, hey, hey what, what, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, man. You're not looking so good. What's happening? Yeah, you just trot it off. Man. But, but you know what? I had just read an article recently, and this helped me out big time. Because uh-huh. mo- the last couple of bucks I've shot, I did kind of see where they went. Yep. But the article said a lot of mistakes a lot of uh, bow hunters make, and even rifle. Once you get that shot off, it's almost like you instantly relax. And it was like, whew. You stopped looking. It was like, no. Once you get that shot, you need to see where that shot took place. Where's that deer going? Right. Watching where they're taking off. Watching their trail. And and that's the thing about shooting them, you know, in the woods. Like, it's good to hunt in the woods, obviously, because it's thicking and stuff. You probably see more deer. But as far as, like, convenience, (laughs) if you want to talk about (laughs) convenience, shooting them in an open field where you can see them and then you see where they go down at, makes it a little bit better but like you said you gotta you gotta watch you also gotta listen because sometimes especially if you get that good shot off you can hear them when they fall in the woods mm-hmm. you know that they're down so yeah because i looked up and, and I, the guy said find a tree or something that you think that deer that animal went by yep and so i look and i watch him i watch him run. i watch all the way he ran i said okay i kind of know where he is so then what i did now I said, this time, dude, pack all your stuff up, get yourself together, because now you got a 45-minute hour wait. Yep. Before, it was like, I'd be pacing around, you know, <laughs> waiting. Is it 45 minutes? Is it an hour yet? Right. So now I, I get, I took my GoPro down, and we'll get to that GoPro in a minute. <laughs> so I took the GoPro down, got all my stuff together, packed up everything, got my bowl together. I went ahead, walked to, walked to the truck, put everything up. So I came back. So now about 15 minutes, I said, well, at least go out and see if you got any blood. Yep. So I walked out and went past the feeder. And I was like, man, I'm going past this feeder farther than I thought that shot was. So I started looking around and looking around. I was like, look at this blood. And that's the first time I've ever seen bubbles in blood. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay. business now. I said, oh, does that mean lung shot, double lung shot? I mean, because it was blood everywhere. Yep. So I kind of went. I looked, I walked a little bit. So now I have my orange flagging markers, which uh, my club manager, you know, Mr. Miller, he said, when you find that first speck of blood, mark it. So that way, if you got to come back, you can just start all over again. Man. So you're so I, that, I was, I was trying, man. I'm trying to learn, man. I'm saying, <laughs> hey, I'm trying to stick you this stuff together. <laughs> so I walked out. So I waited 30 minutes and finally I said, you know what? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go look for this thing. So I went in. About every 10 yards, I was marking it. And I mean, when I tell you I was finding blood on top of blood, I'm like, wow. It's just the further I went, the more blood I found. I found blood splattered up against a tree, man. Wow. I'm like, this dude has to be down. But the crazy thing now, like I was telling you, I thought I had a, a pass through. Yep. 
which I, apparently I didn't, or I think I did. I think I know what might have happened. So halfway through tracking the trail, I find the arrow laying off to the right. I'm like, why is the arrow all the way over here? Yep. It's nowhere near where I shot this deer. So I'm like, okay. So I kept going, kept going, kept going. I go further, I find it more blood, more blood. So as I got my head down, I'm sitting here like, why don't you just look up and start scanning the area? And when I did that, I looked to the left, he was laying right there. <laughs> I was like, look at this man. <laughs> by Ray how, Charles. But how far did he run? <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe 50 yards. I'm thinking. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm going back out today because I actually want to. Uh, I want to walk it and yep. uh, kind of pace it to see how far he ran. Yep. Yep. So no, I found sense. it, and once again, is I don't care what Hunter tells you, when you find that animal, the relief <laughs> that yeah. comes across you. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It, <laughs> Yeah, like you say, you looking, you looking, you looking, and then you just come up. Oh, and it's like it. It's definitely it's like you overcome with just like joy and emotion and happiness. I mean, until you actually do it, it's hard to explain. But when you talk to somebody who's been through it, it's almost like you know you got you kind of babble back and forth, but you both know what you're you're trying to say. It's hard to explain to someone yeah. who's never experienced it, but for two people that have experienced it you know exactly what the other person's feeling. Yeah, man. And you know what? I thought about something when I was sitting there getting ready to recover and pull, and they always have that, you know, a lot of hunters, like, who's your first guy you call, you know, when you find the recovery and you're going to get it? Yep. I was like, I called Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. And I was sitting in my climber, and like I said, I'm looking, I'm like, who the hell is FaceTiming me this early in the morning? And I knew it wasn't my daughter, Cause that's usually about the only person that FaceTimes me and I knew it wasn't her. And then, like I said, my son was sitting in the, uh, in the ground blind below me. So I look up and I saw it was you. And I was like, what the hell? And when you sent the picture, I was just like, my man got it done. Now you drug that thing out by yourself or what? <laughs> so let me tell you about dragging this deer out. So once you get it, you're all happy. You don't, you don't care. Right. So, I'm dragging the deer and I forgot I got all this. I got this base layer on. I got my polypros. Yep. I got my coat. So I had to stop, go to the truck, take all the stuff off because I was about to die, man. <laughs> <laughs> so and I had the neck gator on. So I go back to pull the, you know, to drag the deer, right? Yep. So I drug him out, drug him out, got near him up blind, went back out to the road. So I'm sitting here thinking, I said, you know what? You about an idiot, man. I said, <laughs> why didn't you just drag the deer straight line distance out to the road and back the truck up? Yeah. I really, I literally <laughs> took the deer the way I walked in to the feeder, drug him from there, past the blind, then out to the road. I said, like, that was the dumbest thing, man. What were you thinking? <laughs> well, you were excited. You know, you, 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 you were just excited. It, it overcomes, you know, your clear head and stuff. So, you, you know, you... You got a deer down, you know, the day before, two days before Thanksgiving. I mean, it, it, excitement took over, man. It, <laughs> uh, it, it happened. Yeah, I was. And I'm just like, okay, it was cool. But you know what? Think about last year, the last deer I got uh -huh. was a day before Thanksgiving. Was it really? Yes. <laughs> it was Wednesday before Thanksgiving last year when I got See, that deer. See, I am it a believer in hunting on or around the same days that you were successful. I I, it, I don't know. It's just something about that. And I was pissed that I couldn't hunt the day that I, or around the days that I killed my deer last year. But mm -hmm. I killed September around the 25th or 27th. I killed, you know, I killed that doe on my property, and then when I I killed one of the biggest bucks um, that I've taken in Wisconsin, all around that September twenty fifth, twenty seventh range, and when I couldn't okay. hunt those days, I was very upset because I was like, "Dang it, that's usually my time. That's when, you know, for whatever reason, it just works out." So it, it's funny that you just said that because it just cosigns that theory even more. So good for you, man. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. And, you know, once I got everything out there, you know, I went, 
you know, went to the processor, you know, locked up the gate, went to the processor, you know, and just that ride to the processor was like, man, I got it. I got it on the back. You know, I, you know, I got my new truck, first, first harvest on my new truck, and I'm riding and got my music playing. I'm just leaning back like, yeah, I just did it, you yep. know? Yep. <laughs> Celebratory. You just did something. You know, it was like, it was great, man. And, you know, when I got to the processor and believe it or not, there weren't, there was only one deer in there. One guy came in with a doe that I was bringing that, that buck in. Uh-huh. And I t- asked the guy, I said, man, so you've been busy? He said, uh, not really. He said, we're counting, we're getting slow. He said, but that first week of November, man, we he said we had deer on top of deer mm. laying in here. Mm. So, uh, and it's, 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 it's funny because you're like the third person that asked me, you know, how did my wife feel? And she, she was cool. You yeah. know, I was at the processor and she was kind of like, you know, I'm kind of like, man, I wish she could have got that buck. But she was like, no, make sure you get, you know, cube steak, uh, get ground, add the fat, <laughs> you know, get bacon, get loins. <laughs> right, right. She put in her order. <laughs> yeah, she's like, this is what I want. She's like, can we get a whole roast? I was like, well, the guy saying that's going to take majority of meat. But hey, if you want it, she's like, no, let's just leave it at that. So she, my, my, my wife is realistic, man. Yeah. You know, she, she knows that, hey, if I get it, she gets it. It don't matter. It's coming to the same household. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And, and not to mention, it probably helped that you didn't call the processor before you went yeah. and set everything <laughs> up like somebody did before I got to South Carolina this summer. It's called a process. Like, hey, man, we're going to be there about 10. You're going to be there? <laughs> yeah, I sure did. <laughs> That, that was that gift of being so confident. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You okay, you got everything? Nah, nah, we we gonna eat before we get there. It's cool. <laughs> nah, we good. You want us to bring you something? Nah, oh, okay. <laughs> Man. But you know what, man? <laughs> the mornings when I don't, and honestly, when I went out yesterday, yep. I did not want any of those bucks to come out because I was going to take her out later this week. Yep. So it seems like the mornings when I don't expect anything to happen is when it all goes down, man. Right. Yep. Yep. You know, I was just like, come on. But I was just, I, I was happy. The, the shot I got off, uh, just, and actually, that was probably the first deer. Well, I pulled back and I really sat there and I made sure I had that pin where it needed to go. Right. Once I was comfortable, the deer was still, I was heart was beating. I said, relax, man, calm down. And I once I got the pin, I knew I needed that arrow to go, I let it go. And when I heard it, it was like a smack, man. I was like, it was like it was a pow. And I was like, he's done. But what I what I didn't, I tell you, the another thing I learned. Technology will have you about to miss a good opportunity, man. Yeah. Because I was sitting here with the phone trying to get the GoPro on, just fumbling <laughs> around. And when I went to open the web, the app, the battery was dead. I was like, I know I charged this thing fully, but I think it might have went down because I was getting ready to record that other deer when it came in. Uh-huh. Which I didn't I didn't learn until you told me the GoPro GoPro battery does not last that long. Nah. No, the GoPro it is not battery friendly. Where where did you have it at? Well, I had it to the right of me uh, of the blind. Okay. I was looking out towards where the feeder was at. Gotcha. And so, of course, trying to reach to get my phone. Yep. You know to get it turned on. And I was like, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna miss the opportunity because you're trying to get this GoPro turned on. Yep. So, do you want footage or do you want to put this meat in the freezer? Yeah. That and that, yeah. that that's always the conundrum with self filming, and that's why. I know me personally, I don't think I could ever do self-filming professionally because, mm-hmm. I mean, the same thing with my turkey. It was like I had this great video of these turkeys and they're gobbling and they're full of red and all kind of stuff. And then they almost passed the blind to the point where I almost couldn't shoot them. And I was just like, well, shit, I got to put this camera down and concentrate on getting a shot. One thing that I've done and it works, you just got to remember, it's one more thing just to remember to do, take okay. a trail camera and set it about where you think it's going to go down okay and put it on video mode and when they come in you know it trips the motion sensor and it starts recording i don't know if you've seen like a couple of weeks ago i posted i was sitting in the blind and this doe came through 
and I was getting ready to draw back on her. And before I could draw back on her, it was like something hit her in the face and she just took off running, but it was perfect. Like you could see her clearly, like she see where she entered and the way that I had the camera mm-hmm. set up, she crossed right in front of it. So if I could have got the shot off, more than likely you would have seen the arrow come through her on the exit and right towards the camera. Oh, it would have been perfect. But I've started doing that, and it's like fishing. You know, you you put it out there, you may get something, you may not. You never know, but you just put the camera out there just to see what happens. Okay, you know what? I never thought about doing that. That's a good idea. I think what I'm going to do from here on out, as soon as I get in the blind or the stand, I'm going to put my camera on video mode. Yeah, just put And what I do is I take a separate one. I got it, like, on a little tripod, and like I said, I put it on the ground, kind of tilted where I think, you know, stuff's going to happen, usually like right across from my blind about if, you know, trying to get them in between 20, 30 yards, I may put the camera out 40, 50 yards. That way you see the animal they're coming across and like I say, you hope for the best. Um, And that was that day that I did it. Like I said, everything was there. I just couldn't get drawn fast enough before she took off, but it would have been perfect. Okay. I tell you, man, um, I learned a lot about movement too. I mean, man, I learned so much this hunt. Uh, that first buck that walked in, he literally got within 10 yards of the blind to the left of me. Uh-huh. And I, I just watched him. So what I was doing is let's say, is he put his head down? Then that's when I moved. When he put his head up, I stopped. Yeah. When his head went down, I moved. Yep. And I said, I didn't, I, I learned all that yesterday, man. Yep. Before I'm I'm trying to move slow. No, just wait till he gets comfortable. Then you start moving. Right. When when he moves, then you stop. Right. And like I said, uh-huh. in a blind, you can get away with a little bit more than you can when you're out and open, like in the stand or whatever. But yeah, like you drop his head, come back up, drop her head, come back up. Definitely, the only thing that really gets you is when they got this the damn bobblehead action going and they're just up and down, up and down, up and down. It's just like put yeah. your head down, eat. <laughs> Okay, it's cool. We good. Ain't nothing gonna happen. We all friends here. Put your head down. Enjoy yourself. And then you know that's when you do your thing. And then when head comes back up, just stop. And it's like nothing's going on here. It's all good. Just put your head back down. Go ahead and finish eating. Nobody gonna bother you while you eating. Come on, go ahead and eat. And then you know, (laughs) put your head back down and eat. And then let that arrow fly. So yeah, I'll tell you, man. I have I have so much more respect for bow hunting after yesterday. I did before, right. but yesterday just seeing all the fundamentals come together, the pieces, the good shot, which led to the great blood trail tracking, and it made me think about. I was telling you a conversation I had with a young man. I'm taking out this week. It'll be his first hunt. Yeah, and he said, "Man, I was in the store," and he said, "This guy," he said, "He literally was slamming bow hunters." He said, man, bow hunters, you know, they say they think they're so, they're just so cocky. They think it's better than rifle hunting. And, you know, I'm just, I'm like, really? He said, yeah. He said, this guy, he hated bow hunters. I said, you know what? I said, here's my thing. I don't care if you bow hunt, rifle hunt, you you hunt with a slingshot. You do what you got to do to get the meat for you and your family. Right. And you do both. Yeah. I said, I do both, man. I said, I don't judge anybody. I said, but what I will tell you, I said, there is a huge difference between rifle hunting and bow hunting. Yes. When I rifle hunt, I can reach out and hit a hog at 100 yards, a deer at 100 yards, 150 with the scope. I'm back here, scent control. Really, it's it's a factor, but then sometimes it's not a factor. I said, with bow hunting, there is a lot of pieces that go into a successful shot. It is practicing, practice, practice. Right. Getting in a blind or a climber, being able to pull that bow back, being able to hold this arm steady, worrying about your trigger, not pulling the trigger too hard. And I say, and then the big thing you got to look at, you got to get a deer within a certain distance for you to get a good shot. And that proximity is really close. So that means you really got to work on scent control, work on your movement. I said, prime example yesterday, I had a deer 10 yards from me. That told me my scent control was on point yesterday. Right. 30-yard shot. You got 30 yards is right in front of you. That is a deer literally almost looking at you. So 
for people who want to bash bow hunters and say, you know, they're, they're cocky or whatever. I said, I don't think bow hunters are cocky. They're just telling you when you go through the process, if you take a deer or a hog down with a bow, you just realize what you went through over the course of weeks or months to make that happen. Right. So to a certain extent, you should have a little cockiness to you because you did you went through the whole process of archery, taking a harvest, doing it the right way. And you know what you put into it. And I'd say a lot of bow hunters that I know out there, they're not that way. If anything, they're probably going to try to get you into it right. and show you, hey, this bow hunting is cool. So like I told him, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you out here and I'm going to have one of the ladies set up a bow for you. And I said, I'll promise you, you're probably going to end up buying one once you go out there. Once you get a taste of it, yeah. it's, it's, it's nothing like it. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's, it's cool. It's very addictive to me. Like you said, once you go out there and or once you shoot one i mean hell the first couple of times i shot a bow i was like oh i can do this and oh, it yeah. wasn't like <laughs> i can do this as in like oh this is easy it's like oh i'm going to enjoy you know perfecting this and learning and trying to get better at it and yeah it's like anything there are times where it's frustrating but at the end of the day like you said when stuff comes together man it, it, it's no it's no greater feeling. And if you want to rifle hunt, hell, rifle hunt. It's on you. If you want to muzzle load, whatever. I mean, it's, it's not my deal. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah. I enjoy bow hunting. I enjoy sticking string. When, if or when it gets to the point where my shoulders give out on me, then I'll pick up a crossbow. I have no problem with crossbow hunters. I mean, people that want to go out and shoot with a crossbow, more power to them. Just as long as you get out and you enjoy it, do what you want. We, well, not we, because I don't, and, I, and you don't, but people spend too much time worrying about what other people are doing and, yes, man. and bashing and talking shit and all this other stuff about what people are doing. Man, just go, go, go hunt, yeah. go have a good time, go, go do you. And as long as you're having fun and you're enjoying it, who cares what anybody else has to say? Yeah, who cares? Like I said, do you, man. Don't worry about anybody else. You do, hey, when you put that, that plate on the table, when you're making that meatloaf or, you know, you just <laughs> smoke that whole loin, all that what you use goes out the window. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay? <laughs> it's about eating. Like they say, enjoying a good time. Whatever the hunter say, I am feeding my family. Right. Period. <laughs> now, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I said that I was going to give some ideas, gift ideas, if you want to, you know, give your favorite hunter a gift. Now, you, when we're talking here, it's Wednesday before Thanksgiving. You don't strike me as a Black Friday kind of guy. 4.30 yeah. in the morning, you know, going. I think I saw a commercial one store is open at two tomorrow on Thanksgiving. Hell, most people ain't even ate dinner yet for the store to be open at two <laughs> in the afternoon on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think uh, some of the stores like Bass and all that's opening six, five in the morning on uh, on Black Friday. Like I said, you don't strike me as a Black Friday kind of dude. But if you were or if you were going to say, hey, this would be a good gift. What what would be on your list? What would be on your gift list? To another hunter or anybody in For general? you or for another hunter. Oh, man. You look, you give me any gift card to one of the, the hunting stores, I'm good. I see. <laughs> I tell people that. And they look, especially women, and they look at me like I'm crazy. It's like, oh, well, that's not meaningful. That 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 doesn't have any meaning. That's not from the heart and, da, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Listen, if you ask me what I want and I tell you what I want, don't backsass me with all this, you know, from the heart and all this other BS. I'm telling you, you get me on any occasion, birthday, Christmas, you know, anniversary if you're out there you know and you have a significant other or whatever whatever mm -hmm. the occasion <laughs> is you get me a 50 to a hundred dollar gift card we good hell we're i'll good. even take 2025 i prefer 50 or 100 because then i yeah. can really do some stuff but 
man, you get me a gift card in one of these hunting stores, we're in good shape. Yeah, because as a hunter, we have we need different things at different times. Right. I might need some corn. I might need thermosel refill. I might need some broadheads. So you give me a gift card to anyone, man, please, I'm good. And, and you're right. I am not a Friday, 4.30 in the morning, <laughs> you know, Black Friday guy. If I'm up at 4.30 on Friday a.m., you know where I'm going to be at? <laughs> Headed to the stand. I don't stand. even have to tell you. You know where I'm going to be at. <laughs> Headed to the stand, so, Jack. <laughs> I, I got your Black Friday. <laughs> Man. I'm going to be geared up, ready to go. <laughs> Man, I bought one of my shotguns on Black Friday. I sold it last year. Or no, earlier this year I sold it because um, I just didn't like it. But I went into Cabela's probably about 2.30 on a Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew what I was going to get. That's the other thing, you know. I didn't do have to do a whole lot of browsing. You know, I had my mind set to I'm going in, I'm getting out, and this is what I'm getting. And you know, I went in, and in Georgia, you know, I got my weapons license, so usually it doesn't take that long. You can go fill out paperwork, yada yada yada. They hand you your gun, you go about your business. And I did that, and but it was like I knew what I wanted. That's the only time that I can say I've been in a you know, a hunting store on Black Friday. But any other time, man, just either I'll do it online or, you know, I'll try to catch the sale or something online. But dealing with the crowds and the people and stuff, nah, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's not worth it. Nah, I, I can go out and be friends with the deer on Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to go hunt Friday? You know what? Uh, I may. I'm trying to get my uh, primary one prepped up because my daughter's coming home Friday and she wants to hunt. There you go. So I'm actually going out today and I'm gonna put some uh, some cob corn out. Usually I usually give it about three days or so because she she hasn't killed a deer yet. So we got to try to get her on the board. Yep. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let her uh, rifle hunt. I'm gonna ask her if she wanted to bow hunt, but she hasn't been in the range in a while, so that's probably a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. But, yep. Nope. I hear you. Then what? What is on the table on Thursday? I know are you you got some deer on the table on Thursday. Well, we got invited, you know, to two different households because the wife said, "Look, I'm not cooking this year. I don't feel like standing over the stove with the turkey <laughs> and <laughs> trying to get macaroni and cheese done and me out on the smoker." She was like, "Look, somebody's going to invite us. And it takes all the guessing game out of what we're doing." So I may uh. I don't know. I may slide a little small little piece of loin or something over and see if they want to try it out. And they'll be like, oh man, what was that? Flaming mignon? Yeah. yeah. Sure was. Flip. <laughs> 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 be like, and then you tell them what it is. It's like, oh my goodness. I was like, your, your plate looks sure clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flip mignon. Man, Flip mignon, man. The best type there is. Oh my it's, God. You know what's funny? When I was at the process and the guy, you know, I saw I sat there and watched him do the deer, take everything down. So he was looking at what I'm getting. He's like, sir, you don't want the loins? I said, look, my wife said, cute, ground, that's it, yeah. and bacon. He said, sir, I can still get your loins. He said, you like the first person to come in, don't want the loins. Yeah. I said, no, I do want the loins. <laughs> I'm just, I'm following directions. Man, yeah, you, like, oh man, straps. Yeah. So oh. he was like, "No, nah, sir." He said, "No, nah, I'm gonna go ahead and cut these loins out for you." He was like he didn't ask me. He's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna give you join and check loins on your paper. I'm gonna cut them out for you. You'll still get your ground and your bacon and your cube, but see, I can, you got to get the loins." Yeah. I said, "Thanks, man." And so now I'm gonna call and tell her. I say, "Hey, the guy in the process says we're taking loins, so you don't have an option." Yeah, it's standard. <laughs> Come standard, it's like new vehicle. Come standard. You 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 got to take it. <laughs> well, man, congratulations. I told you I wasn't going to keep you long this time. Congratulations. Deer on the board. Doing your thing out there. Like I said, it's your third time here, so my audience is familiar with you. But just in case there's somebody that's taking this in for the first time, let them know where they can find you at. All right. We're the Marsh family. Hunting with the Marshes on Instagram. You can find us at Hunting with the Marshes. Uh, we try to keep good content on there. Uh, we try to change up a little bit. I'm hunting 
We have our social life going on. But, uh, you know, come check us out. I appreciate it. And uh, I like to see, you know, new followers. I like to follow, you know, good followers back. Man, Ty, I appreciate it. We're going to get together soon. Uh, there's hopefully some hogs in our future once these deer die down. But I, I'm not done with these deer yet. You can sit back and relax. You got the pressure off of you. However, there is still a 600-pound gorilla on my back, so I got to take care of business. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk soon. All right, Adam. We appreciate it, man. All right, now. Brightland. Always good times to be had when I get to talk to uh, Mr. Antonio Marsh, uh, hunting with the Marshes, the Marsh family. Great family, great guy. Got a deer down. Congratulations to him. And just want to say thank you for taking the time, carving some time out of your day the day before Thanksgiving with all the hustle and bustle that goes on, getting ready for a Thanksgiving holiday. Thank you for taking the time. I am going to remind y'all of a couple of things before I get ready to get up out of here. First thing, BryantlandCountry.com is the website. You can get everything Bryantland on there. Make sure you go check out the shop section. Get you a gift. Get some gifts for the favorite hunter in your life. We got everything for men, women, boys and girls, children of all ages, Hunters of all ages, huntresses of all ages. We have something on the Bryantland.com website in the shop tab. Check out our videos. Check out the podcast, BryantlandCountry.com. One-stop shopping for everything Bryantland. As always, thank you for supporting the Bryantland brand. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We're going to get ready to get up out of here. Come back next week for another episode of the Bryantland Country Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bryant Land Country Podcast, hosted by AB3. Please leave us a positive review and five-star rating on iTunes. Be sure to check out our podcast section on our website, bryantlandcountry.com, for previous podcasts. Check us out on Instagram at Official Bryant Land and Twitter at 3 Land. This has been an AB3 Media Production. Join us next time for another edition of the Bryant Land Country Podcast.